This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, football fans, and welcome to the Onside Kick. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. And I say it every week, Mark, but this is probably the first podcast that we've had in a long time where there's a lot of stuff that we could have jammed into this podcast. I was really hoping you'd say, I say it every week, we got a jam-packed podcast, but this one, not so much. <laughs> Nothing going on this well, week. you know what? It's not the, like, the middle of the off-season where it's July and you're like, the tumbleweeds are rolling through. Mm-hmm. Preview free, time. Because free agency is done. and Long the dra- Like, the dra- after the draft just gets over, that's the time where it's like, oh, okay, there's a tumbleweed. Oh, hey, there's Roger Goodell uh, sitting sitting in his chair waiting mm-hmm. for next year, seeing how much money he's going to earn. Wait until he can get booed again. But this is the time where we have free agency. Is We're less than 24 hours away as we're recording this podcast from the start of free agency. We also have mock drafts coming out. We have a huge trade between the Titans and the Eagles that when I saw it, I went, what the hell just went on? We're going to be talking about everything between Brock Oswell as a draft and then obviously that trade being the DeMarco Murray trade. But let's start in Denver. Denver yesterday had a heart-filled day because it was Peyton Manning saying goodbye from the game. And he spoke. John Elway spoke. I felt like Gary Kubiak said more than he had to. All Kubiak had to say was, thanks for the trophy. Okay, bye guys. That's all I had to say. Instead, he told a story where I went, okay. All you had to do was say thank you. But now, news is from out of Denver, or out of, I should say, everywhere in the NFL, that not only are the Broncos projected to lose Peyton Manning to retirement, but they could also lose Brock Osweiler to the Texans starting tomorrow. Yeah, this makes no sense to me um, from Brock's standpoint, because why would you go... From the, I know they're losing some players, but why would you go from the best team in the NFL to this kind of middle-tier middle, middle tier nine-win team? Yes, they went to the playoffs, but that's only because Indianapolis sucked this year. Indianapolis was terrible. Does Brock Osweiler really think he's going to go and he's going to compete with number one overall pick Andrew Luck, number two overall pick Marcus Mariota, Blake Bortles, who was the first quarterback taken in his draft too? Does Blake Bortles really think he's as good as those guys? I I personally don't. I don't think he's as good as those guys, and I don't even like all those guys out there. Looking at you, Blake Bortles. Even though I know I mainly say that to insult Ricky because well, Ricky yeah. loves him. Well, I mean the Jaguars, I feel like are on the up and up. I mean, especially they stole. You're projecting them to go to the Super Bowl. Well, they stole Malik Jackson away yeah. from uh, the Denver Broncos, so Denver losing a key pass rusher. So two people believe that they're on the up and up. Well, I mean Ricky and Malik. Yeah, Ricky and Malik. But I mean. The one thing I feel with this is the only reason he's thinking about leaving is, well, I know you're giving the money sign, Mark. I mean, money pays mm-hmm. into it, but the big thing is Brock's feeling a little upset right now. The, the the straw in his juice box broke. And when I say that, that straw being the starting job, he top of the world, Super Bowl champion contender, he's the starting quarterback. And then, up oh, Peyton's back. I got to take a back seat. Mm-hmm. to possibly the greatest quarterback, maybe the second greatest, depending on who you side with in the Peyton Brady argument. But 
the point is still one of the greatest quarterbacks to have ever played the game. Especially in the regular season. In the regular season especially. I mean, the news is that Brock and especially his parents were upset and it rubbed them the wrong way when the Broncos benched him for Peyton. But the way I see it is, that's football. What did mm-hmm. you expect? Did you expect to outduel Peyton Manning for the starting job? No, Peyton was going to get that starting job because he's Peyton goddamn Manning. I'll get to that in a second, but first I want to say, Brock Osweiler's family, what, do you guys think you're the Mannings? Like, why they does his family be. They matter? They want to be the like, I, We're reporting about how his family's upset, and it's like, who cares about Brock Osweiler's family? <laughs> They're not the Mannings. We care about the Mannings well, because Daddy Manning says, Eli, we're not going to play in San Diego now, are we? No, we're going to play in New York. Equal Manning. <laughs> so... That's a situation where we care about a fam- uh, football family because Archie went and did it. The Brock, Brock Osweiler's let's family. Be, let's be honest. The Osweilers want to be the Mannings. Let's be honest. Doesn't everyone want to be the Mannings? But to to move on from from that, um, I would also say that it's not really that he lost the duel to Peyton Manning. It was, hey, Brock, you sucked in that last game and you got benched. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. It was a reality check of, hey, not everything's great. You basically played mostly mediocre to bad teams, and then you got a good team. You know, you did get to to beat the 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 Patriots. There's your good team. You got to beat the. Or actually, no, they lost to the Steelers, didn't they? No, they beat the Steelers. I don't remember. I think they lost. Wasn't that the game you're talking about? Is the Suck Bowl that he played against? And AJ that's against McCarran. the Chargers. Oh, I was talking about the Suck Bowl between AJ McCarron and Brock the Cock. We're watching that game. I'm like, oh, my God, how is this a Monday night game? Mm-hmm. Who's going to win this one? I mean, Brock down the – did Brock bring some good things to the Denver Broncos? Yes. But in the end, the way I saw it was whenever Peyton was ready to come back, he was going to take the reins back because it's Peyton's last season. Well, I really don't even think it's that as much as, honestly, Brock Osweiler lost his starting job. He sucked when he needed to not suck. Mm-hmm. He was going to essentially lose that game against the Chargers, which would have, if I remember correctly, lost home field advantage. That was the seventeen, or the 27-20 the game. 27-20 game on January 3rd. Is yep, what you're very about. last game of the season. They were essentially going to you know, possibly be able to lose home field advantage, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering right which then would have, some would say, propelled the New England Patriots to go into the or Super the Bowl. Or the Cincinnati Bengals. Possible, possible. Um, so he needed to be good, and he wasn't. He lost his job to Peyton Manning. Now, with that being said, I was saying before that they needed to make that decision to start him, and no matter what, he is your quarterback from now on. Because I feared that something like this could happen. I feared that if you bench him... Once he's gotten that limelight and he did not do that bad, minus that, you know, last couple mm-hmm. games, game and a half, uh, you know, minus that, he did fine. He was a starting quarterback in the NFL. Benching him is going to be a big slap in his face, and he might not forgive you for that. In the way that another player we're going to talk about later, DeMarco Murray, isn't forgiving his organization even after they got rid of the coach. Yeah. He still will not forgive that organization. That's what I'm afraid of for the Denver Broncos that, you know, I was afraid of it then. I'm still kind of afraid of it now. Uh, but the Houston Texans, I don't think, are really the the answer to this question. 
Well, I mean, the Houston Texans, I feel out of anybody to kind of compete with the Broncos in order to steal away Brock the Cock, Cockadoodle-Doo, it's got to be Houston because you can come in and say, hey, you know what? Look at what we were able to do. I Like, you can say, okay, I mm-hmm. know Andrew Luck was injured. Let's take that with a grain of salt. Come on, Brock. You're not stupid. Yeah. We know you're not stupid. But look at what we were able to do with our quarterback situation. Look at the kind of numbers that DeAndre are yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, yep. one of the wide receivers that we've got comments and I got tweets about on Twitter how he was not in our discussion. Nope, he for was top not. wide receivers of twenty fifteen, even as an honorable mention. Twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen, thank you. That, even having him just saying, hey, look at the numbers he put up. You can get the deep ball to DeAndre Hopkins all day, every day. The only thing we really need to find you is a running back because mm-hmm. we're letting Arian Foster go. I think it could be a good spot for Brock to just say, if he needs a change of scenery, if if the benching of Peyton Man- or him to Peyton Manning really rubbed him so wrong then fine, get out, change the scenery. Houston could be a nice place. But I will say this, if you go to Houston, you're probably not going to win any Super Bowls anytime soon. No, that's the I mean that's the big thing for me. It's kind of a win now situation in mm-hmm. Denver. They can still strike right now. And Brock Osweiler is a great quarterback for Gary Kubiak uh, and what he wants to do. Going to Houston, the only thing Houston really had going for itself was the defense. Everything mm-hmm. else was mediocre. And it's a good defense. It's they not just a great need a, They defense. need a reliable quarterback, though. And Brian Hoyer, like, Brian mm. Hoyer's not reliable. I'm sorry if you like Brian Hoyer. He's not reliable. No. Ryan Mallett, they got rid of. TJ Yates is a joke. Mm-hmm. Brandon Whedon, like, he's never going to be a reliable starter in this league. So Because he's going to retire soon. If you're Houston, you're kind of, I'd feel like we got to be all in to get Brock. Because this is going to be, otherwise, if you're Houston, your next your plan B is, well, great. I hope that Bill O'Brien can get either Christian Hackenberg or Connor Cook in the second round. Hey, maybe if you're lucky, you'll get uh, Chase Daniels. Chase? Free agent. <laughs> you really want Chase Daniels? He's a free agent. But, I mean, that kind of begs the question, you know, yes, Brock Osler did good things uh, while he had the opportunity here in Denver, but do we really truly believe he is a starting quarterback in the NFL? Brock, I think he can be... At least a an above one. average quarterback. Do you think he's gonna be an above average starting quarterback? The most I would put right now is he could be a competent quarterback. Mm-hmm. Competent to where if he was my starter, I'd be like, okay, cool, we got a starting quarterback. Yeah, we wouldn't have a Peyton Manning, we wouldn't have a Tom Brady. It's kind of the same situation right now that I view Teddy Bridgewater for my Vikings. Do I think Teddy Bridgewater is the greatest thing since sliced bread? No, he's got to improve on some things. But do I think, okay, we have a competent quarterback? Yes, I do. That's how I mm-hmm. Brock the cock. It kind of scares me for, for Brock because he had such a great team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had an all-star team, without a doubt. And, you know, he, he's got this great team. He never showed anything that amazing, but he was good. You know, he was about average to slightly above average. I don't want to put him too much beyond that. Mm-hmm. He was a great game manager. And there's nothing wrong with being a great game manager, but I don't know that the Houston Texans need a game manager. I think they need a quarterback. And I don't necessarily know that that's what Brock Osweiler is going to be. One thing that always kind of worries me about him is those 10 touchdowns in eight games. That's nice. 
Nothing amazing, but it's nice. It's definitely not something I'm going to be upset about. But six interceptions in that time, too, that does kind of worry me. Mm-hmm. And some of those kind of came in bunches at the end. That's something that I think would would concern me. You look at what you, you know, the tape that you have, the teams that he was playing didn't play that many good ones. I mean, like we were saying, Steelers and uh, and the Patriots, those are definitely good ones. Mm-hmm. The um, Bengals are going to be good, but playing the Chargers twice, playing the Bears, playing the Raiders, none of that is anything that really was going to be that big of a struggle for him. So you really have this situation where you are kind of putting up a risk. No matter what, this is going to be a risk. You're kind of looking at a Matt Flynn situation with a little bit more game tape of saying, hey, we got this guy. More than just one game. Hey, Matt Flynn's played a couple games. No, I'm talking about before he got the big contract. It was that one game against, what mm-hmm. was it, the Lions? Um, where he threw probably. for like four or five yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, he killed the And Lions. then he got the big contract. Yeah. It was that one game. So you got more <laughs> to watch. But honestly, it's like you had some good stuff. You don't have the extended period of time, and mm-hmm. now you got to pay him $15 million? Like it, You're going to have to give the guy a huge contract because look at what Sam Bradford just got. And you know this guy doesn't want less than Sam Bradford. Sam got mm-hmm. 12, I believe it was. Uh, so he's not going to want less than that. And this is a guy who played eight games. I mean, he's played some games in the past, but he started eight games this season. Ten touchdowns, sure. Under 2,000 yards, six interceptions. Not bad. Not great. Just kind of average to slightly above average. And he's going to get $15 million a year? That's the thing that concerns me. I don't necessarily know what the better option is for Houston. Well, I don't know what the better option would be for Denver either. If you're Houston at quarterback, you've got... if Let's say Brock decides to stay in Denver. Here are your options. Eat it and say, you know what? Brian Hoyer's our starter. And we're going to try to get Christian Brian Hacken. Hoyer is our quarterback. Brian Hoyer is our quarterback. And we're going to try to get either Christian Hackenberg or Connor Cook in the second round. Or you can say, you know what? We need a change. We can still try to draft one of those guys in the second round or later. But let's go out there. Let's try to get a Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let's try to get a. And uh, I kind of hate to say Like, I hate to say it that. Ryan Fitzpatrick. They tried to get Ryan Fitzpatrick. They did that. Ryan Fitzpatrick is not going to come back to Houston because Mm -hmm. he was traded from Houston to the Jets. So why would he come back? He'll probably go to the Bills in my mind. He was there. He was already there. I know. He doesn't want to go to them. Now it's a new regime there. He wasn't there when Rex was there. He got one year. One year to go to the playoffs. one year. But your next best quarterback after Ryan Fitzpatrick is Robert Griffin III. And that's not mm. a, like, to me, RG3 is not a guy you want leading but the Texans. supposedly a lot of people are, in, are into him. Well, I'd, a lot be of in, are. I'd be into him if it's like, you know what, I've got Brian Hoyer can be my starter, and Robert Griffin, mm-hmm. I can just try and test him out and see if he'll actually work. I mean, with the Houston Texans, the only thing that kind of intrigues me about RG3 is RG3 played his college ball in Texas. When he was at Baylor, so maybe mm. the Texas connection maybe that heat will, can will come do back well for in, him. and maybe just a change of scenery will work with RG three. But really, for me, it's if you're Houston, you want to get Brock, or you're looking for a quarterback. You're kind of stuck. You're kind of stuck in, in this, this bad like, situation. Quarterback purgatory. Yeah, uh, you know that's that's the thing. There's a lot of average quarterbacks out there mm-hmm. to slightly above average. There's a few great quarterbacks, and then there's a good amount of bad ones, too. 
And right now, the ones that are available are average to bad. RG3 is probably the best name mm-hmm. out there uh, because I don't really consider Brock Osweiler to really be a free agent. Uh, you I think he's going to re-sign with Denver? I think it's the smartest move for him. It's the best move for him. He's had success there. He knows the system well. well it's and the better I team. Mean, he's got, what, Super Bowl quarterback John Elway at the helm yeah. that knows how to put together a team. I mean, he was the one that wanted to push Tebow out of town, and look mm-hmm. at how well that paid off. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, writing that wasn't a hard one to predict. Yeah, right but writing was I on mean, the wall. what was it, McDaniels at the time or whatever mm-hmm. coach at the time really wanted – Tim Tebow in the system. And well, John why would you want Tim Tebow? And John Elway's Tim like, Tebow nah, won a playoff like guy. Tim Tebow I, won a playoff game. But how many John playoff Elway games? Like him. How many playoff games has Brock Osweiler won? Big old goose egg. That's right. Big old goose egg. What about RG three? How many playoffs has he won? How many playoff games he won? I think he's owned one. He lost, yep. or he got injured in the one playoff game he was in. Right? Yeah, but that we can count that as a loss. That was the stanky lake game. That was from then on. His career was over. That was the big. That was the big old. Now he's just collecting paychecks. But to me, I feel like. Brock, I don't. I I really don't know where he's going to sign. If I had mm-hmm. to say right now, I'm going to go balls to the wall and say he leaves and goes to Houston. I think the only way he goes to Houston is if Houston saying here's 15 million and Denver goes here's eight. He's going all right. See ya. That's if if it's that big of a difference. That's the only thing I see that brings him to Houston. Otherwise, Denver's just the place to be. The division is worse. The AFC South is a real division. All mm-hmm. these teams are competing now. Well, and the Titans even made improvements that we're going to talk Titans about later have, on the podcast. The Jacksonville Jaguars have. In my Madden, they're the London Bulldogs, but that's mm-hmm. okay. Um, <laughs> the London Bulldogs. You know, the Houston Texans, sure, they're trying to compete, but really you still have... The Colts are going to get Colts. Be- better just by getting Andrew Luck back on the field. Yeah, he's not going to have another terrible season. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. So it's just... Well, hopefully he's not injured. Yeah, that's true. It's like, do you want to be, you know, a small fish in a big pond, or do you want to be the big fish in the small pond? I think want to be big fish. Here's what I think is going to happen. Should I? I'm going to give you two answers. What I think he should do, and what I think he's going to do. What I think he should do is look at Houston and go, "Thanks, but no thanks. I'm staying in Denver," because he's got the team around him. He's got running backs in place. Mm-hmm. He's got wide receivers. The only question mark is maybe a little offensive tackle help and a tight end because they cut Owen Daniels. Who knows if they're going to re-sign Vernon Davis. So those are the only two positions on offense where you got to worry about. You have Demarius Thomas. You have Emmanuel Sanders. You've got the wide receivers there for you to play. You've got C.J. Anderson behind you. You've got the running back. It's just the offensive line and the tight end. Here's what I think he's going to do, though. The 25-year-old kid is going to get too big for his britches. He's going to get really butthurt about getting benched, and he's going to hold a grudge. And mom and dad are going to – and the way I say this is because, obviously, if we're talking about them in reports, that to me – now, do I know the Osweilers personally? No. But when I see a report and they start talking about the parents – those are the kind of parents where it's like, okay, they influence your decisions. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it should be that way. But in the end, it should be your decision. The way I'm seeing it is, okay, mom tells you to do something and you usually do it. That's the way I see it. So mom and dad are going to feed him with this negativity and he's going to leave and go to Houston. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. That's the way I see it. I think he leaves 
but he should stay in Denver and be a Bronco when it's all said and done. But let's move on and go to, let's go on to the NFL draft. And we had a new mock draft come out actually today from Mel Kuyper. It seems like we're getting more and more each and every week as we get closer to the NFL draft. And one, two, no surprise, Laramie Tunsil number one, Carson Wentz number two. But I want to start the discussion off at number three. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is Mel Kuyper has the San Diego Chargers going with Ronnie Staley over DeForest Buckner. And I know that protecting Phillip Rivers is a need, but wouldn't you rather have that defensive player on the defensive side of the ball who can impact the game like Buckner can in your scheme where he fits perfectly? It would be nice. I mean, yeah, you you could use a defensive line help, but you can use offensive line help. I mean, mm-hmm. they're both pretty equal needs. Uh, you know, it's this is this is a situation where I think San Diego Chargers are just going to have to go BPA because they're probably going to be in this situation of both these needs are available. Which one do we rank a little higher? Um, the passing game was fine. That was one of the few things about San mm-hmm. Diego that was good. The run game was bad. The run game didn't have much of anything going for it. So maybe they feel like, yes, this will keep Phillip Rivers on his feet, but maybe this can also get that running game going. And if we can get that run game going, nobody can stop this offense. Maybe that's what they're going for. Um, I would have to assume that's what they're going for. But, yeah, that defense was bad. It really was. See, and that's why, to me, I I feel like if it— To me, if I if you're saying BPA at number three and only Wentz and Tunsil are off the board— I think on my big board, I would have to say Buckner is ranked ahead of Stanley. Maybe because Buckner can do more things, being a defensive end more than a offensive tackle. But And the big thing is free agency. What is going to happen in free agency? I don't see the Chargers signing any big-name pass rusher or a big-name tackle. So the way I see it is... When we get to draft night and this pick rolls around, what do you think is best? What's BPA mm-hmm. for you? Yeah, I'm going to Forrest Buckner because I want that guy on the defensive side of the ball who can get after Brock the Cock, who can get after an Alex Smith, who can get mm-hmm. after a Derek Carr. Yeah, I do like that. Uh, I like the guy who's going to stop somebody that off. I mean, that defense needs a lot of help. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to, you know, you don't have to go against Peyton Manning anymore, but you do have, if you believe in Brock Osweiler. You do have Derek Carr, who's an up-and-comer. You know, you've got some competition here. Uh, And then, of course, Alex Smith over there, who, you know, some people like the guy, some Mm -hmm. people don't. You want to hit these guys. You got to because your team hasn't been doing it so far. DeForest Buckner is going to let you do that. He's a freak of an athlete. His, you know, doesn't, like, his body is just an anomaly Mm -hmm. at the position. He's a good player to get. I... If I'm number three and those are my options, I'm probably going to agree with you, Ricky. Probably going to go with Buckner on this one. Well, and another reason why, and I just had to look up where they, if I'm taking second second round into a little bit of consideration for it, another reason why I would take Buckner is the Chargers have the 35th pick, which would be the fourth overall pick in the second round, and the three teams ahead of them, the Browns, the Browns are probably not going to go offensive line after taking Carson Wentz. The Titans, they wouldn't need to take an offensive lineman because if this draft held up, they would have taken one yeah. at number one. 
And Dallas, what's one of the things that we always say is so strong with Dallas? Their offensive, offensive line. Because so they, they drafted offensive linemen for like five years. So they don't need to draft one this year. So what you can do is take Buckner there at the third overall pick and then maybe 35 if there's adjacent or uh, adjacent Spriggs if he's around or a Jermaine Fetty, just somebody there that you can take an offensive tackle in the second round yeah but let's assume that they are going to go and get DeForest Buckner um that I think that case or DeForest Buckner is just off the board by the time this next pick comes around I definitely agree with the New York Giants going for defensive end Shaq Lawson I think it's a good move until what just happened now, JPP. It's a great move when you don't have him, Mm -hmm. but you bring him back, which is strange to me. I don't really get bringing back JPP when you can do this. You can probably get if DeForest Buckner falls, if Joey Bosa falls, Mm -hmm. if Shaq Lawson is there. There are three great defensive ends, and JPP, I don't know if he's going to be all the way there. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to give you guys a little... And you only got a one-year deal out of him, too. If you're listening to this before checking out my 3.0 mock draft, I'm going to give you a little sneak peek. Not going to tell you exactly where he went, but I had Joey Bosa fall out of the top 10 this week, and I know you're probably hearing that going, you know what, Ricky? I don't hold you accreditable for that. Not going to check it out. But hear me out. The 40 time to me is huge, and most teams see that and go, okay, I'm not going to draft him. Now, obviously, Joey Bosa, if he's around for the Ravens, the Ravens may take him. The Niners may take him if he's there. The Dolphins, the Buccaneers, the Giants, to me, are the perfect team that need a defensive end. And the way I see the JPP signing is it gives them a little bit of wiggle room right now. It's only a one-year contract. So the way I see it happening is this is them saying, okay, We've got a pass rusher for this year. Now let's come up with the, like, we're going to hit the offices, hit the draft boards. Who do we want? Do we want Ezekiel Elliott or do we want whatever defensive end, whatever pass rusher is number one on the board at the time? That's what we need to decide from now until the draft. I guess. I just don't think that they're going to be in this good of a position to get one of the best defensive ends mm-hmm. available. And you know, they had some of the best defensive ends when they won a Super Bowl. Those guys aren't either there they're either not there anymore mm-hmm. or they're just not in that same type of physical shape anymore. So to to pass up on a guy like JPP, I mean not JPP, to pass up on Shaq Lawson for JPP for a one year deal, a guy you're not gonna have anymore pretty soon, I I just don't quite I don't quite agree with it. I really don't. Well, and I mean another thing that you got to take into consideration is I'm looking down the mock draft, and the next defensive end that we get to is Noah Spence. Yeah, sure. And that's all the way at 24. But the number 10 New York Giants wouldn't know that. No, I know. And the way I'm seeing it is if we don't go defensive end Mm. here at 10, there may not be a guy when we pick our next pick that's worth Taking, I mean, Emmanuel um, Agba is also, he's also a defensive end, but he can also play mm-hmm. um, outside linebacker, but he's late 20s. So to me, I kind of agree with you. I would take Shaq Lawson, although 
I feel like the JPP move could be enough to say, okay, that's our stopgap for the year just in case they fall in love with Zeke mm-hmm. and say we need a running back. Because the last mock draft we looked at, a couple, I want to say, what was it, a week ago, two weeks ago, when we looked at Todd McShay's 3.0? The thing he had is he had Zeke going right here to the New York Giants. Well, Mike, Mel Kuyper has Zeke going to New York as well, except Mel Kuyper has him wearing green instead of blue. Yes. He has him going to 20 to the Jets. Which, you know, you're, you're thinking Chris Ivory's gone. Uh, you're not sure about Ryan Fitzpatrick. You'd mm-hmm. like him to still be there because then he can be basically what he was, kind of a, a game manager type of quarterback with a stronger run game. That's a pretty good pretty good threat, especially when you got a guy like Brandon Marshall. That's pretty nice. I don't disagree with the New York Jets taking Ezekiel Elliott. If he's there, I think it's definitely a pretty good move. Mm-hmm. You know how I feel about you know taking taking running backs early. I'm not a big fan of it. But this is a situation where I think it's pretty good. Do I think that he is there? Quite a few teams that could possibly take him, um, especially now. You know, we know the Philadelphia Eagles, Mm -hmm. they might need a running back. So there are teams that could take him. I just don't, I don't know. I don't know if he goes that early, but the New York Jets, if he's there, I can see it. Which is funny that you say that. The part Mm -hmm. that I'm saying is that you you don't like running backs who go too early. Because if I would say, if I'd compared you and me Mm -hmm. to both Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper, Mel Kuyper, also a guy when a running back goes in the first round, I don't like that. I don't like a running back going in the first round. Because there are plenty of good running backs available. Mm -hmm. And they're not there for that long. They're not productive long enough to be worth that first-round pick. I kind of feel like Zeke, though, he's going to be... Oh, Zeke's going to be in the first round. He's going to be a first round. And I could see either New York team taking him because... Mm -hmm. Let's say the Giants go defensive end. Because to me, it's either defensive end or Zeke. If you fall in love with Zeke, take Mm -hmm. him. If not, take the best defensive end that's on the board. But after you get past the Giants, and this is for Zeke, the Bears have Lankford, so they're not going to draft a running back. The Ingram is in is in New Orleans. The Eagles, they have Ryan Matthews. I know they just traded DeMarco, but they have Ryan Matthews, eh, so they don't need I don't him. know about that. The Raiders that. could be a dark horse because they do have Latavius Murray, but will they say, hey, you know what? Zeke has fell, fell this far. He's a little bit better than Murray. Let's go ahead and take him. I don't see Oakland taking him. The Rams have Todd Gurley. They're set rookie of the year. Detroit. Detroit has a ton of needs, but they could say, and it depends on what they think of Amir Abdullah. They took Amir Abdullah last year in the draft. 16 could be a spot for Zeke. The Falcons won't. They've got They've got Freeman already there. The Colts might. Mm-hmm. It's the Colts, and then it's the Jets. So Lions, Colts, and Jets are the three between New York to New York yeah. that could take. And Zeke. the Jets know that's not gonna. He's not gonna be there if they don't take him. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna be there in the second round if they don't take him. The Houston Texans yep. would be dumb not to take him. Two, two way, or even the Redskins. The way the Redskins, their yeah, run they could. game has been. They could. So yeah, the the New York Jets if they want him, they got to jump on him right then mm-hmm. and there. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. It, there's a lot of teams that could use that running back. It's gonna be very interesting to see how soon he goes. 
especially because last year running backs went a little earlier than mm-hmm. people thought they would. Yeah. So, hey, maybe that's a sign of something that's going to come this year, too. Well, and plus, I mean, this year in the draft, I mean, there's not as many running backs that are that first-round talent. Zeke is the only one right now. Like, Derrick Henry is the next projected back, Mm -hmm. but he's a second-rounder. And on some boards, he's third behind the Indiana running back. Yeah, he's kind of fallen back quite a bit. Uh, You know, maybe people just... Don't like his little tummy. They his see little, the tummy too much, tummy. and they're not into it. I'm looking last year to kind of fact check you. We had, in the first round of last year's draft, mm-hmm. Todd Gurley went 10th overall. Melvin Gordon went 15th. Those were the big two, I believe. Yeah. and But then we had TJ Yeldon go 36th. I mm-hmm. know that's second round, but that's three in the top 40 alone. Yeah. That went boom, boom, boom. And a 10 and a 15, you know, especially a 10. Mm-hmm. Doesn't happen anymore. Just like the Giants are right now. Yeah, it's possible. Todd Gurley would be. It's to me. Then here's if you're New York. Here's what you have to think of. If you're thinking about take Zeke at number ten, you have to be ans- able to answer this question with a yes. Will he be offensive rookie of the year? If that question is yes, go ahead and take him. Because look what the Rams did. The Rams mm-hmm. took Todd Gurley. Now, did we think Todd Gurley was going to have? as explosive of a season as he did, probably not right off the bat because he was coming off of injuries, but he just exploded for the Rams. Another guy I want to mention, this is a guy that is not on the draft, but he could spring into the draft depending on what happens in free agency, and that's Paxton Lynch. The two quarterbacks, it seems like our quarterbacks at the top, Wentz and Goff, Probably going to stay there. Well, it looked like Todd McShay, okay, Browns, Niners. Mel Kuyper for a while had Browns, Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Right now it looks like it's locking in that, okay, Wentz is at the Browns, Goff is at the Niners. And I don't see that changing unless one of them comes out and says, we're not going to draft a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be the consensus all the way until what happens on – Draft or, day. I mean, depending on what Colin Kaepernick does as well. Yeah, I still think that Goff gets taken even if Cap is like, oh, I'm staying because mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen once the season kind of starts. But Paxton Lynch to me, here are some teams that could spark up the Paxton Lynch kind of draft, and then we'll talk about them. The first one, 15, the Los Angeles Rams. Peyton Manning, unless he pulls a Brett Favre, which I don't think he will. I know mm-hmm. I made the joke to um, Brandon here at MVP when we were out to dinner last night. I made the joke of, man, wouldn't it be funny if Peyton totally pulled a Brett Favre, cried at the retirement, talked about his little girl, cracked a joke about mm-hmm. Adam Schefter, and then halfway through the offseason, well, not halfway through, after OTAs, yeah, you don't want to go to get OTAs. closer. Then it's like, okay, I'm coming back. I'm going to play for the Rams. Wouldn't I don't know why he wants to happened? play for the Rams. I don't know why either. And Brandon, of course, said, no, that would be terrible. But because they're not in the Peyton Manning sweepstakes that they thought was going to be a sweepstakes where I'm sitting there going, why did you think that was going to be a thing? Why did you want him? They could be a Paxton Lynch draft at 15. After we get through 15, the next team that could take Lynch the Texans, but I don't think 
They will take them. The ones I'm looking at is Denver at 31. That's the big one. Is Denver, Houston, and Los Angeles are the three in the first round. And the Mm -hmm. reason I say Denver is we talked about Brock earlier in the podcast. Yeah. If he goes ahead and leaves and goes to Houston, that 31st pick is going to be an interesting one for Denver because what do you do? Do you hit the tight end need? Because Vernon Davis and Owen Daniels are technically not on the roster. You cut Owen Daniels, so he ain't even coming Mm -hmm. back. Do you take Hunter Henry, who's the top tight end prospect? Do you say, screw it, we got to add depth to our offensive line, take a guy like Jason Spriggs? Or if Brock leaves, that adds the wrench of, do we have to take a quarterback at 31? There's basically going to be two teams here that need quarterbacks. It's either going to, well, for sure it's the Los Angeles Rams, Mm -hmm. and then it's Denver Broncos or Houston Texans. Whatever Brock decides to do determines that answer. I really wouldn't see, even if the Denver Broncos don't have have their quarterback, I don't know if I believe that John Elway's going to right away go and get that draft quarterback. Like He's going to try and draft somebody, especially early on. I don't necessarily think he'll try and do that. I think he would go, the team is good enough to where I don't think he needs to do that. He can go and get somebody who's just kind of all right. Like a Connor Cook, maybe yeah. later, or a Christian Hackenberg. Exactly. Try and get one of these guys and, and kind of just let them game manage for a little bit. Um, or maybe not even have them start. Maybe get a stopgap mm-hmm. quarterback uh, through free agency. Now, the Los Angeles Rams, they do need a quarterback. But with that being said, they're probably going to be able to get that quarterback in round two. Whether it's Paxton Lynch because he's still there, whether it's Connor Cook, I don't see the huge need for them to do it at 15 because mm-hmm. the guys who are there at 15 are probably going to be there in the second round as well. Yeah. So I don't see the huge need for them to do it. Those top two guys are pretty much the only guys where you would say, yeah, we got to do it. Because let's just say only one of these guys was drafted and Goff is still there, then there's no way they could pass up at 15 because they're not going to get him in the second round. He's not going to you know, get past a team like the Houston Texans. He's not mm-hmm. going to get past... If the Broncos need a quarterback, that's just not going to happen. Or some of these other teams might just try and stash him. You know, a team like the Chiefs might go, Alex Smith isn't that old, but he's a little older. Let's grab this guy and just let him sit for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, the same thing with the with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They might say, hey, Big Ben, eventually we got to see what's going to happen after Big Ben. Let's stash this guy right now. Because at 25, why not? Our team is good enough. We can do that. And right now I'm looking at the second round order. And the Rams are actually in a good position to actually take a quarterback in the second round. Because here are the teams above them. They've got 43 and 45. Here's the teams above them in the second round. Browns don't need a quarterback if they take Carson once at number two. The Titans don't. They have Mariota. Cowboys could at 34. But I don't think they will. They'll try to find the replacement. And if they don't take Goff, they'll find the replacement in free agency. I don't see them taking a quarterback. Well, the Cowboys don't need 34. a replacement. Well, they would just need a backup. They can. They want to stash somebody. They can stash someone mm-hmm. for see if we can develop them. The Chargers at 35 won't take a quarterback. Ravens at Flacco. 49ers will even have Kaepernick. Or if they take Goff in the first round. Jacksonville has Bortles. Buccaneers have Famous Jameis. The G-Men have Equal Manning. 
The Bears would be interesting at 41. Could try and stash would, somebody for a couple of years. Take, would they take a Connor Cook or Christian Hackenberg at 41 to stash behind Jay Cutler? Because Jay Cutler isn't the most, I'm going to say, isn't the mm-hmm. most popular decision at quarterback for the Bears. Right now, I think, right now I think he's a... F- People are okay with him at the moment because of last year. But, but you know older. you're never going to win a Super Bowl with Jay Cutler. Well, not with the team we got right now. Yeah, he's got about two years to do it. Mm-hmm. And this team's this is this is a longer process than two years. And then the team ahead of them at 42, the Miami Dolphins, they have Ryan mm-hmm. Tannehill, so they could take a quarterback at 43. Yeah, or they can say, you know what, let's wait because the team in between their two picks at 43 and 45 are the Raiders, and they got Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if Paxton Lynch falls because if Paxton Lynch is not taken in the first round, mm-hmm. which wouldn't be a huge surprise, it'll be interesting to see what the Chicago Bears do because they might want to grab him and the Rams might. Well, I think Paxton Lynch at 41 would be almost a steal. I would say so. Almost. Yeah. I, I think Paxton Lynch, if he got taken between 20 and 31 in the first round, I'd be mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. Yeah. That's like the most you're going to get out of a Paxton Lynch right now. Because early mm-hmm. on, you know, I loved Paxton Lynch. Yeah. Then I started watching the film of Wentz and Goff, and I was like, okay, he's the third quarterback, and I really like this Wentz guy. Mm-hmm. I really like him. You like those guys that come out of no-name schools. Well, not just that. He's a He reminds me of, at first I was like, before I w- was really into the film on Wentz, mm-hmm. I was like, he's just like the Red Rocket. He's just like the Red he looks Rocket. Like he looks like the Red Rocket. Has I think the only difference between the the like grades on ESPN was that either he or Dalton have a better mm. arm coming out of college, but they are very similar in their draft grades. Yeah. Then I'm watching the film, and he can scramble, and I'm sitting there going, "Okay, almost almost a Big Ben Blake Bortles kind of a quarterback." That's mm-hmm. what I see from Carson, Carson Wentz. And, hey, who came out of a no-name school? Miami of Ohio, Big Ben. That's right. So, I mean, it's possible to do things. Paxton Lynch, though, will most likely be a second-round quarterback. And Houston, they've got a few more teams in the second round ahead of them. The only thing that is a little weary is right before them in the second round is New mm-hmm. York. And depending on what happens with Fitzpatrick, if New York doesn't take quarterback in the first round, they could say, yeah, fuck it. And that, and that changes a lot of things, too, because if Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. decides that he's going to go back to the Houston Texans, it won't happen. But yeah. let's say he decides he is going to go well, back. Well, I'm saying he or doesn't Brock go to Os- either of them. Or Brock Osweiler ends up in Houston, and mm-hmm. then Fitzmagic ends up in Denver. You know, a lot of things can change for the quarterback situation. Maybe he goes to Los Angeles. You know, A lot of things can change for that. Uh, which would greatly affect things. Let's say that you know Fitzmagic does go to Los Angeles in free agency. Somehow mm-hmm. that ends up happening. I don't think that the New York Jets are going to be in a great. I don't think the Jets are going to take him or take Paxton Lynch in the first round. I yeah. don't see that happening. So with that being said, that opens up you know a lot of opportunities because then none of the teams basically before the Los Angeles Rams are going to take anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and they wouldn't need to take anybody at that point. So it would be, you know, a Chicago Bears that take him. It would be, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers that goes to grab him or something like that. Some team that is going to stash him at that point. But we're talking about second round stuff right now. Yeah, let's get back to the first round. And the one thing 
let's get to Houston and their mm-hmm. first round pick with Mel Kuyper. Kind of threw me through a loop because Todd McShay didn't have this kid in the first round. Will Fuller, the wide receiver out of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Does Houston really need to go wide receiver in the first round? Do they need someone to match up on the opposite side of Hopkins? I mean, it would Hopkins? help. It would help for sure, especially if you don't have the good quarterback. But why, like, to me, my biggest thing when I saw this was why Will Fuller? Why not Josh Doxson, who he's got going to the Vikings right mm-hmm. after? Yeah. I'd take Doxson over Fuller because he's the more, to me, put together prospect. Mm-hmm. And you don't really need somebody who's going to, you know, go for the deep ball, I mm-hmm. think. You, you, know, you have that in Houston. I don't think it's something that you well, really you've need. You've got DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Just huge for that team. I mean, I guess having two is kind of cool. That was just one thing that threw me like, okay, if they're not going to go quarterback, they'll go defense before. I don't know. Their defense is pretty good, though. The offense is definitely where the need is in Houston. The defense is one of the few things about the Houston Texans that was really appealing. They didn't score very many points, so I guess you could you could say an extra wide receiver mm-hmm. is going to help that. Uh, you know, offensive line is certainly beneficial. Well, the one thing you got to remember about that offensive line is Will Fork's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. So they got to fill that hole. To me, it'd be if they go defense in the first round, I'm thinking more of defensive tackle, that big guy to just fill yeah. the hole in the middle rather than a wide receiver or a quarterback because they may say, hey, let's roll the dice and see if we can get a quarterback in the second round. I personally like the Viking pick of Josh. Josh well, Doxson. You need one now. You're I not going to have Mike Wallace. I need a wide receiver. And I hate when I see Todd McShay drafts and he's like, oh, they'll take a safety or they'll take an outside linebacker. No, fuck off. We need a wide mm-hmm. receiver. Get out of town, Todd. What do you think of your team's pick, Leonard Floyd at 11, the outside linebacker? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm kind of tired of seeing linebackers go to the Chicago Bears. You need a pass um, rusher, though. That's what you need right now. That's your top There's need. quite a bit. That the Chicago Bears really need to to work on it. We need to figure it out. You know, all these offensive line, I mean, defensive linemen, um, our pass rushers, mm-hmm. linebackers, none of it surprised me. It's basically just plug and play. It's put whichever one of these guys in there that's yeah. available. Uh, I really think the Chicago Bears, maybe they'll surprise people because they kind of surprised some people with Kevin White last year. But I really do think it's just going to be whoever can go and hit that quarterback and mm-hmm. is available. All right, we're drafting. Last thing I want to bring up, this guy... We have to talk about before we move on to the DeMarco Murray deal with Houston and Philly, Robert Kimdiche. And Mel Kuyper actually has him on, the, I would say, on the rise compared to where we've seen him before. Todd McShay, I know, had him way down to the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. But Mel Kuyper has him at 19 to the Buffalo Bills. I personally think that's a little high. But at the same time, I think it kind of makes sense for the Ryan brothers. I think that makes they sense to me. They don't care if you have off-the-field issues. Not at all. The Ryan brothers yeah. we're talking about. They the don't cra- care at all. The crazy brothers. They would say, come here, and while you're at it, bring hard knocks with you. Please do. <laughs> we want that again. Yeah, I think that it would this be— time in Buffalo. Yeah, it's a little colder up here. That would be something that would make sense to me. Um, I just—I feel like, to me— Robert Kimdiche is going to be the Randy Gregory of this year's draft. And the mm-hmm. reason why I say that is, um, as we were talking before we hit the record button, kind of pre-show, and the one thing I mentioned to you, I saw an article and I 
in the interview that he had at the combine with scouts, they asked him about the incident and they said, well, could you tell us a little bit about it? And he basically said that he did not have, they're like, did you have marijuana on you? And he goes, no. The only reason I got charged with actual possession was because someone had it in the room. The room was under my name. So I got charged with possession of marijuana. You know, he's blaming somebody else. Then they asked him the fall question. It's always the fall question. Mm-hmm. I I always relate it to draft day of, uh, didn't, didn't any of your teammates come to your birthday, Mark? Did any of your teammates come to your birthday? You know, Coach, I don't remember my 21st birthday. But the second question they asked him was, were any of your teammates there? Mm-hmm. And what does Robert say? He goes, yeah, Laramie. Which to me, first thing that you point out, you're blaming someone else with the first question. Mm-hmm. You're not taking like, oh, yeah, it was poor judgment on my... All you had to do was say, it was poor judgment on my call. I got to learn from my mistakes. Never let it happen again. Exactly. Is that a BS kind of a just normal answer? Yeah, but yes, that's what people want to hear. that's what teams want to hear. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The second answer... Now I don't know as a person, are you just a bad decision maker or are you a shitty human being in general saying, hey, you know what? If I'm coming down, I'm going to drag one of my teammates who I played this season with down Mm -hmm. with me who's in the discussion to be the number one pick in the draft. Or are you just dumb? Could be both. Could be all three. It was, oh, okay, yeah, there's somebody there. Why do you want to know? You know, like... He just didn't quite get it. He didn't mm-hmm. realize what was being asked. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure Kandichi. I mean, there's plenty of time for for him to kind of make amends for everything. And it makes perfect sense to me that Rex Ryan, a guy who knows defense, a guy who's all about mm-hmm. defense, is going to go get a defensive guy. A guy who basically, talent-wise and what he brings to the table should be higher, but just the off-the-field issues are bringing him lower. Rex Ryan only needs one year. You know, he only needs one mm-hmm. year out of you because that's all he's got, essentially, to get to the playoffs. So maybe this will do it. Well, and I mean, the last thing I'll kind of say about it is just overall, I feel like there's two guys that are going to fall in this draft. One of them for off-the-field issues, one of them for injury issues. Robert Kemdiche, there have already been scouts that have said, yeah, we took him off the list. Mm-hmm. Took him off. We're not even going to look at him. He's going to be a second-round prospect, I believe. The other one, and I feel sorry for him because he got an injury at the wrong time. And notice his name's not even on this mock draft. We're looking at Mark. Jalen the Jalen Smith mm-hmm. from Notre Dame looked at the combine. They looked medically at his knees. Something didn't check out. Immediately, teams were like, boom, off our radar. We're not even scouting you anymore. Yeah. Although, I mean, that would be something that would, could possibly become a steal later on uh, for, for teams. You Maybe know, like, like just, the Marcus Lattimore would yeah, take exactly. him in the fourth, fifth round. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I even think it'll be earlier than that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that could be something that would be good. Might be beneficial for some for some teams later on if you have the ability to wait a year or two. And now, Mark, let's move our attention over from the draft. We can talk, like... I feel like every time we do a mock draft reaction, it's 30 minutes from us. Yeah, drafts are long. We can go on drafts all day, every day, but we got one more thing to talk about. This, arguably, to me, is the biggest news of the week, and we're talking about it last in the podcast. DeMarco Murray traded 
from Philadelphia. Not the only player traded. Mm-mm. Kiko Alonso and Byron Maxwell. You have anything to do with Chip Kelly? You're out of here. They were traded to Miami. That kind of that segment kind of hit the cutting room floor here as we're going to focus on DeMarco Murray. He's now a Tennessee Titan. The news was broke by Murray's agent. What were your first thoughts when you saw DeMarco going to Tennessee, and what do you think this brings to the Titans? Well, I think my my first thought was like, wow, he really did hate Philadelphia, huh? Mm-hmm. Like that left a stink. The coach isn't even there anymore. He's gone. And they still can't keep you around. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some stink there. But I think that you know, there's obviously Jacksonville is kind of building itself up. Indianapolis is a real team. The Houston Texans want to be a real team. But all of a sudden, it's like, oh, Tennessee Titans. Maybe they're going to try and be a real team, too, right now. Because right now, you know, 3-13, and 13, they're kind of bottom feeders. Mm-hmm. No surprise. But they got the new quarterback. They're about to get the best, you know, um, offensive lineman in the draft. Now they're going to get a running back, too. So you're going to improve your passing game. You're going to improve your running game. And that offensive linesman is going to help both of them out with that. Suddenly, the, the, uh, the Tennessee Titans look like they might actually... Not necessarily competing for the playoffs or the division, but in a couple of years, they might be an actual team that makes a difference in the AFC South. Well, and the one thing I was thinking of was the first kind of thought when it happened was, holy crap, Mm -hmm. what's going on here? Like, why are they trading? Like, they can't work with DeMarco Murray in a new system. And after looking into it, it was he wanted out because, Mm -hmm. I mean, he wanted a change of scenery, but today as I was thinking about it, this is the best situation for new head. This is what, well, I was going to say, this is what uh, Murray wanted. I wasn't even going to say DeMarco. I was going to say new head coach, well, taking the interim tag Mm -hmm. and making a head coach, Mike Malarkey, this is like Christmas Day for him. Because when I did my Derrick Henry draft evaluation, the film breakdown, the thing I mentioned was, okay, Henry could be drafted by the Texans, which guess what? That's not going to happen anymore because they got mm-hmm. DeMarco Murray. But I was like, yeah, Henry could be a nice fit because M- Mike Malarkey's offensive system needs that kind of back who can run it right up the middle, has that combination of speed and power mm-hmm. because when he was an offensive coordinator with the Steelers in the early 2000s, his running back was the bus, Jerome Bettis. And then when he was an offensive coordinator with the Falcons in the late 2000s, his running back was Michael the Burner Turner. Mm-hmm. So DeMarco Murray can fit right into that offensive system, can go back to a similar style that he was in in Dallas. Let's just pound it right up the middle and use your power and speed to bring it to the end zone. Now, how I, I do think it's sad for DeMarco Murray. He goes from you know possibly being able to get into the Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys to the woeful Philadelphia Eagles, which were worse than they mm-hmm. should have been, uh, than you would have thought they would be. And now to the worst team in the NFL, the Tennessee Titans. Now, they're on the up and up, but still currently they're— I think the Titans are no longer—they're not going to be the worst team Right now, they year. got they still got the number one overall yeah, pick. I know. But they're I the worst like, team in the NFL right now. I feel now. like next year, they are—just mm-hmm. just because of this trade alone, they won't be the worst team. The Browns no, will. No, they'll still be, I mean, top five. Yeah, the probably. Browns will, though. But, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles will probably join them in that mm-hmm. top five, so at least he got away from that burning ship. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. There's a team that I forgot that's going to be number mm-hmm. one next year. 
the Chip Kelly Niners. Yep. All that's of course because they know, suck. Ricky's going to declare them to win zero games <laughs> to well, now, tie the Detroit Lions. Well, now they got Chip Kelly, so they can't win anything. Mm-hmm. They got the stank of Chip Kelly. It's almost as bad as the stank of Mark Trestman. No, no, nothing's too. It's nothing's that bad. bad. Nothing's that bad. Nothing's that bad. Mm-mm. But no, I think this is a great move for the Titans. It automatically makes them a better team. Like immediately makes yeah. them a better team. I mean, right now everything, all pretty much all your stats for the Tennessee Titans are pretty just mediocre to bad. This Medi- is going to be mediocre to bad. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, any any of their any of their stats not that great. Mm-hmm. This is going to help out quite a bit. It helps out Mario. It's not the young quarterback. Uh, the offensive lineman is going to be huge once you get him in the draft. We're assuming they will. They should, and that just really improves this offense, which will make life easier for the defense. Improves the whole team. It really will. This is a good. This is pretty much as good of, of a move that the te- that the Tennessee Titans could have made, and nobody expected it to happen. Well, here's kind of if you're thinking, okay, Ricky, what's the comparison here? The main running back who had the most carries for the team last year was Antonio Andrews. He had 143 carries last year. Demarco Murray with the Eagles, 193. So Demarco had about 50 more carries. Than Andrew. In those 50 more carries, DeMarco had almost 200 more yards, 520 to 702. So about 18 yards shy of 200 more yards than Andrews. They averaged about the same average with 3.6, and Murray doubled them in touchdowns, six compared to three. However, the one thing you got to look at is that was in a system that didn't fit DeMarco Murray. Mm -hmm. And he was still able to outperform your running back. That's what you're looking at if you're a Tennessee Titan fan. Yeah. I mean, there's really... This is pretty pretty cut and dry. Getting DeMarco Murray improves the whole team. They're a better team. You know, unfortunately for them, the entire AFC South essentially got better. uh, And is going to keep getting better this offseason, you'd assume. So it's going to be tough for them. I still think they're they're pretty pretty near the bottom. I don't think it improves them that much this year, but two years from now, three years from now, this might be an actual team to well, look out for. Well, at least they can say we don't have the worst running back situation anymore because Houston got rid of Foster. Mm. The Colts still don't have a running back. I don't care if Frank Gore is still on the team. He's not the Frank Gore that he was in San Fran. To me, the best two running back situations in this division are now Jacksonville, with the T.J. Yeldon in his sophomore season, what he can do. Mm-hmm. And now the Titans have arguably the best running back with DeMarco. Yeah. I mean, you're comparing them to teams that just don't have running backs, essentially. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But, I sure. mean, having a running back is better than not having one or having garbage because you don't have yeah. that quality. I mean, I would like to have Andrew Luck. Back. Andrew Luck would make me yeah. happy. Yeah, Andrew Luck makes everything better. But there's one last thing I want to bring up with this topic. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a few minutes ago how – it looks like they'll take Laramie Tunsil, the offensive tackle. With this mm-hmm. trade, does it change anything in Tennessee to where they maybe think about, you know what, maybe we don't need Laramie Tunsil now. Maybe we can go after a cornerback like a Jalen Ramsey. No, if anything, you need him more now. I mean, you're going to kill two birds with one stone. You're going to improve the run mm-hmm. game, and you're going to improve your passing game. Two things you've just invested a number one pick in, and now you invested in this trade for DeMarco Murray. You know you got to make DeMarco Murray happy mm-hmm. because he just was not happy, and that ended very poorly. 
I think it, if anything, it makes it just a clear cut. This is what we're going to do. You might as well turn the pick in now. Turn the pick in. Just might as well write down Laramie Tunsil on that yep. card and just have it on the hand desk. it in, hand it on the podium so it's ready to go. So they can just go and the draft begins <laughs> and with the number one overall pick, just get it done with. Why do and we have to the wait? Browns are on the clock. There's no way that first you know that the first overall pick needs to use all mm-hmm. that time, and they always do. And I mean, in this trade, we don't know the exact at the moment. We what don't picks are being sent where, but from what I understand and when I was listening to NFL Live and NFL Insiders, that first round pick is going to stay mm-hmm. with Tennessee. Yeah, because DeMarco Murray's not worth well, the number be, one overall pick. Because they kept talking about, okay, what are they going to do with that pick now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to talk about what are you doing with the pick if that pick's going to be involved. Well, he's not. He's in just plain and simple not worth the number one overall pick. Oh no, you'd need a lot more picks on top of him. Yeah, like him and then a bunch of picks for just that one. Mm, exactly. You'd basically need to give a Redskin Rams trade and then some, and because then that some. was number two. Oh, that was number two. You're that was right. the second overall, not the first. That was not, and that was Andrew Luck went number one. That yep. was right. You know the Redskins are going. Damn it! Why didn't we get Andrew Luck? Yeah, it's it's just one of those things. But you know what? They they got the All American, so they're fine. The Colts did it twice. The Colts did it twice. Took arguably a really good quarterback at number one, while the mm-hmm. team behind them, the Chargers in '98, the Redskins in the Andrew Luck year, uh, not so good. Not so good no. with Ryan Leaf and. RG3, but that's going to do it for the onside kick this week. If you're on SoundCloud, go ahead, hit that follow button. If you haven't already, hit that repost and that heart button. It really helps us out. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, and then click that little like button. Like I said to the SoundCloud folks, it really helps us out on YouTube. We're also trying to get to 1,000 subscribers, so if you have not subscribed, please hit that sub button. You can follow me on Twitter at Ricky Widmer. Mark is at the. Mark Weber with two E's, Most Valuable Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. Make sure to check out our Facebook page, our Patreon page. Check out MostValuablePodcast.com. As you guys are listening to this, we will have a new blog series called Diary of a Mustached Sports Writer on the website, MostValuablePodcast.com. So go check that one out. Thank you guys for listening to the Onside Kick this week. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.